1: Stuart Finlay, welcome to the Life Study program on Free FM 89.0. Life Study of the Bible is produced by Living Stream Ministry Anaheim, California, and brought to you by the Church in Hamilton. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21 year crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Bible. Once again today it's Ed Marks with Witness Lee with our program in the Life Study of the Gospel of John. The title is The Need of the Hungry, Life's Feeding. The verses are John chapter 6 verses 1 through 15. If you'd like to contact us our telephone number is Hamilton 853 2620 which we will repeat again later. Now here's Ed and Witness Lee.
2: Ed, we come to a new section in the Gospel of John today. Chapter 6 brings us to the well-known story of the Lord's feeding of the thousands with the five loaves and two small fish. There are so many pictures portrayed in this chapter, I wonder if you could give us a little background of how the Lord uses pictures and types, and maybe some of the principles used in interpreting these signs.
3: What we've seen in previous programs is that in John chapter three, we see a very moral man, Nicodemus, and that story is a sign. Actually, the whole story is a sign showing us that the need of moral people is life's regenerating. Then in John four, we have the woman at the well there. We see in that whole story that the need of the immoral is life satisfying. The reason why people sin is because they're not satisfied. They need Christ as life to enter into them to be their satisfaction. Then at the end of John 4, we have a man who's a dying person. And there we see that the need of the dying is life's healing. All of us are dying. Physically, we're dying. And all of us have been affected by sin and death. All of us need the healing of life. Then in John chapter 5, we see an impotent man. That impotent man, the story of that impotent man shows that we who are impotent, who are powerless, need life's enlivening. Finally, we come to this story in John's chapter 6, which shows the need of the hungry. Everyone in this world is hungry, hungry for satisfaction, hungry for meaning. What they need and what we need is life's feeding. We need Christ as life to feed us.
2: Thank you, Ed. I think that's very helpful. Now, let's join Witness Lee and look at the signs that the Lord gives us in chapter 6 of the Gospel of John.
0: Here in chapter 6 is a sea in the wilderness with the hungry people seeking for feeding. In topology, the land, the dry land, always signifies the earth created by God, good for people to inhabit, but the sea with the dirty water always signifies the world, not the earth, but the world, the cosmos, corrupted by Satan. Whenever in prophecy or in typology you have the land mentioned, That always signifies the God-created earth for man to inhabit. Whenever you have the water, the sea, in prophecy or in typology, it always signifies the Satan-corrupted world. One is the earth created by God, the other is the world, the cosmos, corrupted by Satan. One is created by God, the other is corrupted by Satan. You have to notice, in this chapter, two aspects are recorded concerning the Satan corrupted world. There is no satisfaction, there is no peace. What is there is just hunger and trouble, right? You have the hungry world and the troubled world. Praise God. For the hungry world, we have the feeding Christ. And for the troubled world, we have the peace-giving Christ. I must say something here. In Genesis 2, Jesus was typified there by the tree of life. That was... Uh, Belonging to the vegetable life, good for producing, good for generating, but without blood, which is good for redeeming. Why? Because in Genesis 2, man has not got involved with sin. There, in Genesis 2, man didn't have the need of redemption. But man, after chapter 2 of Genesis In chapter 3, God fallen. You know, in chapter 3 of Genesis, right after man's fall, God slayed what? God slayed the sacrificed lambs to redeem the fallen Adam and his wife and to make the skin coat to cover their nakedness. So from chapter 2 of Genesis, you can see just the vegetable life is not adequate. For the fallen mankind, there is the need of the animal life, not only for feeding, but also for redeeming. So here in chapter 6 of John, firstly, you have the barley loaf which belongs to the vegetable life, good for feeding. But by this time, man got fallen. Man not only needed the feeding, but also the redeeming. And eventually what? Eventually, I tell you, in chapter 6 of John, Christ is not only the tree of life, but also the land of God. You know, in the Lamb of God, you have two elements, the blood for redeeming and the meat for feeding. At the Passover, the people uh, struck the blood and ate the meat. And today, it's the same. We accept Christ in both ways, in the redeeming way as well as in the feeding way. He is not only the vegetable life, but also the animal life. He is both. He is both for redeeming and for fading.
2: Let's pause right here, Ed. In this well known story of the loaves and fishes, I think most of us have always appreciated the miracle here involved in feeding so many with so little. But what we're focusing on today is not so much the miracle but what these two components reveal to us of the two marvelous aspects of Christ depicted by the loaves and fishes. Share with us how we see Christ here in his redemption and in his feeding.
3: What is so marvelous about this is that the Lord's feeding the 5,000 here shows us God's entire complete salvation. The two fish being of the animal life show us that Christ firstly redeems us. He shed his blood to redeem us. In his redemption we enjoy the forgiveness of sins, the washing away of sins, we're justified, we're reconciled to God, and we're positionally sanctified unto God. This is his marvelous redemption, but this is just a part of his salvation. This is the foundation of his salvation. Based upon his redemption, He goes on to feed us with himself as life to save us organically in his life. This is the generating aspect of his life signified by the loaves. Not only are we redeemed, but we're fed with Christ as life so that we could be saved in his life day by day. In order to redeem us, Christ came and he lived in the satanic and sinful world. But he wasn't affected by the satanic and sinful world. He lived in the sinful world, but he had no sin. He was sinless. And uh, in the picture here, we have the two fish. The fish lives in the salty water, but it is not salty, which shows that although it lives in the salt water, it's not affected by the salt, and it's not invaded by the salt. This fish signifies Christ as our redeeming life, who came and lived in the satanic and sinful world to shed his blood to redeem us. But also we see that Christ is signified by the barley loaves. And as the barley loaves, barley grows on the land. And Christ came to this earth, he grew on the God-created earth, not just to redeem us, but to impart himself as life into us so that we could be filled with his life. Uh it's very interesting that barley in the Jewish land was the first crop harvested. And Leviticus twenty three ten tells us that they gathered the first fruit of the land. That first fruit was the barley. Then if you look in first Corinthians fifteen twenty, it tells us that Christ is the first fruit of resurrection. This shows that this barley loaf signifies the resurrected Christ to feed us. So this is quite marvelous that in this picture what we see is Christ as our Redeemer and also Christ as our life to save us organically so that we can be filled with His life and express Him on this earth. Thank you, Ed. We have a redeeming and a feeding Christ,
2: but there is Much more yet to be seen of our Christ in this chapter. Let's return to Witness Lee.
0: In Palestine, every year, the first crop that gets ripe is barley. Barley always gets ripe earlier than all the other crops. So in typology or in figure, barley signifies Christ in resurrection. The resurrected Christ is a very barley. It is so meaningful here in chapter 6, the loaves, five loaves, were loaves of barley. This signifies what? Signifies the feeding Christ is the resurrected Christ. Well, you may argue, say, that in chapter 6, Christ has not been crucified, how he could be resurrected? But you have to know, even before his crucifixion, he was the resurrection. Don't forget, in chapter 11 of the same book, he told Martha, I am the life and the resurrection. Not I shall be the resurrection, but I am. I am the resurrection right now. With me... The eternal one, there's no time element. The past, the present, the future, all the same to the divine Lord. After his crucifixion, or before his crucifixion, I tell you, he is the resurrection. Even here in chapter 6, he was the resurrected Christ. It is the resurrected Christ that can be life to us. We are feeding on the resurrected Christ. It is so meaningful here in chapter 6 the loaves, five loaves, were loaves of barley. This signifies what? Signifies the feeding Christ is the resurrected Christ. Praise God. <laughs> Not only five loaves, <laughs> another two fishes. Five loaves typify or portray the generating life of Christ. And two fishes typifying the redeeming life of Christ because the fishes are animals. For so redeeming, as the generating life, Christ lived as a proper man. In God's created earth. As a redeeming one, Christ, lived in the Satan corrupted world. Yet he was never affected by the corruption. Just like the fishes living in salty water, they never got sorted Isn't this wonderful?
2: Let's pause here again and In this portion, there are a couple of items that we could look at, but let's pick up this main point regarding resurrection. We're presented with the Christ in resurrection being the one that feeds the thousands. How could it be Christ in resurrection, since at this time the Lord had not yet been crucified?
3: This chapter shows us that both the feeding one and the one on whom we feed is the resurrected Christ, as signified by the barley loaves. In John eleven twenty five, the Lord Jesus said, I am the resurrection. He didn't say, I shall be the resurrection. This shows that he is always perpetually the resurrection. Resurrection is a person. Resurrection is Christ himself. When we have Christ, we have resurrection. It's the resurrected Christ who feeds us with himself as resurrection. This is really marvelous. And I would just like to say, the way that we can feed on Christ as the resurrected one is revealed at the end of this chapter, John chapter 6. The way that we can feed on him is by his living word. He said, the words that I speak to you are spirit and are life. What life is that? That is Christ as our resurrection life. When we read his word in a prayerful way with the exercise of our spirit, we can feed on the word and feed on him as the resurrected Christ in the word and through the word. And he can be our spiritual supply. And John 6:57 says that when we eat Christ as our spiritual food, we can live by him and live because of him. This is quite marvelous as Christians. We need to give ourselves day by day to feed on the resurrected Christ in his word.
2: It is wonderful. It's wonderful to see Christ not just as one who was resurrected, but as the one who is resurrection and the one on whom we can feed. Let's rejoin Witness Lee as he concludes today's message from John 6.
0: Both loaves and fishes signifying the smallness of Christ being life-supplied to us. I must stress very much this point to all of you. Including us, the Christians. We always think that our Lord uh, is someone so great. But you know, in this chapter, the Lord Jesus didn't like to be great. The people thought he might be a great prophet. The prophet promised in Deuteronomy chapter 18. And they would even force him to be the king. But the Lord Jesus ran away from that. He liked to be small pieces. Not to be your king, but to be your food. Anything that you eat surely is much, much smaller than you. Five small loaves. And all the loaves were broken into pieces. And two little fish fishes. This means what? This means the smallness of the Lord Jesus is more precious to us. Oh, Lord, thank you for your smallness. In Matthew 15, he not only became the loaf, but also he became the crumbs. The crumbs, small fragments of a loaf. You know, many of us were not qualified to take him as loaves. But surely we are qualified to take him as crumbs. Amen. You know that woman of Canaan? The Lord Jesus said, ha, ha, I am not for her. I am not for her. I am for Israel. She is his heart. She is a gentle dog. I come for God's children, I am not here for the gentle dog. That woman was so good, not offended by the Lord's hard word. Oh, you don't care me? And you call me dog? I just bet you. (laughs) at least I barked at him but that woman was so good she said yes Lord I am a gentle dog but the gentle dog has the gentle dog's portion the children's portion is on the table and the dog's portion is under the table Lord, you have to realize now you are not on the table, but now you are under the table. Because naughty the children threw you away.
3: <laughs>
0: now you are not on the table. Now you're on the table. That's my portion. That's a dog's portion. My, the Lord Jesus right away admired at her feet. We all have to enjoy the Lord in such a low way. Don't try to go to heaven to enjoy Him. Get Him under the table. It's too far to get to heaven. In heaven, He's too big. But praise the Lord. On this earth, He's so small. And He's so small, He's so available. He's available. Anytime. Although we appreciate your smallness. Amen. If you are that great, we can never touch you. But you became so small. The resurrected Christ is small to fit our capacity, but he himself is unlimited. And the more you enjoy him, the more he'll be. If you don't enjoy him, he just remains there. So you see, his increase needs your enjoying. You enjoy him more and he will increase more. Never be afraid that you can exhaust him. You can never exhaust him. The more you enjoy him, the more he increases. Hallelujah. This is the resurrected Christ.
2: Well, this concluding word brings out another aspect of Christ that we have probably never considered before, as we've studied this section of the feeding of the thousands, and that is that Christ, though embodying the mighty God in all his greatness and magnificence, really presented himself to man, not in his greatness, but quite to the contrary, in his
3: smallness. Could you explain what this means to us? Yes, this is really marvelous. This shows us that Christ is everything to us. He's not only great in an unlimited way, but he is also small so that we can feed on him and he can be our life and our life supply. It was pointed out that whatever we eat, whatever we put into our mouth has to be smaller than us. And even in this story, a small boy was the one that came up with these small loaves and these small fishes. What this shows is the smallness of Christ as life supply to us. When we look at this story, what we see is that after the Lord performed this miracle, the people said, oh, this must be the prophet that was spoken of in Deuteronomy. And they wanted to make him a king, but he withdrew himself from them. He didn't want to be a king in an outward and worldly way, according to their concept. It came to be food to man. For this purpose, he had to be small. Now, what do we mean by this? Well, when Christ came to this earth, he didn't come to be a giant in religion. If you consider his life, he was born in a small manger. He also came from a small town. He came from a lowly family. He was a small carpenter. This meant that he was approachable and available to every man, to be man's life supply. And this is quite wonderful. Later in this chapter, we will see that Christ likened himself to the manna that came down from heaven. Well, one of the characteristics of the manna in Exodus is that it was small. It says the manna was small, but it doesn't give the measurement of the manna. So this shows that Christ is small for us to eat, but he's also immeasurable. He's without size. So he is immeasurable in his greatness, and he's immeasurable in his smallness for us to feed on. This is just too wonderful. Eventually, what we see at the end of this record of the feeding of the 5,000 is that what was left over from this this small offering of five loaves and two fish, these five loaves fed 5,000. And not only that, 12 baskets of fragments of fish and loaves was left over. So although he's small in form when we eat him, his richness is without limit. We have a famous hymn that says, How great thou art, how great thou art. And we do praise the Lord for his greatness. But we also need to say, Lord Jesus, I praise you for your smallness. How small thou art. He is small enough for us to eat for us to enjoy he's approachable he's available and we can enjoy him as the lowly jesus christ as our spiritual food day by day thank you
1: it's been wonderful to hear in such a clear way how our lord came not as a great glorious king but in such a small way so that he could become the bread of life to feed us through his incarnation human living and redeeming death he became small enough to enter us to be eaten by us and to give life to us lord we marvel that you as the god of the universe can become our daily bread and food supply we're always happy to hear from you and to answer any questions you may have we have copies of the recovery version of the new testament with its accompanying footnotes available and these are free we'd love to send you a copy if you'd rather, you can order a copy from Bibles for New Zealand. It's bfnz.org.nz We also have a phone number 0800 404080 40 80. You can also call us on Hamilton 853 2620. Join me again next week at the same time, 2.30pm, when we will have the next life study in the book of John. We close today with the hymn, I love you, Lord Jesus. And it's from the CD, Lord, keep my heart. Listening to Free FM 89.0, a great station supported by New Zealand on Air. We hope you've enjoyed today's life study program, and thank you for joining us.
3: For more episodes, use the
0: AccessMedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This Free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand on Air.